Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. Thank you very much for stopping by and joining me to hopefully have fun, but also improve your English in some way. I've got an episode today all about finding a good teacher. So I've spoken a bit before about finding a language partner, how to get a teacher. So today I'm going to look at a few different aspects of this topic. I'm going to split the podcast into two. The first part will be talking about the qualities of a good teacher. So how do you know what to look for in a good online teacher? So I'm going to kind of save your time, give you the best advice I can. And in the second half of the of the episode, I want to talk about what you, what you can expect to happen in an online class based on my own lessons. So kind of what my lessons are like and what other lessons might be like as well. So I hope it's going to be helpful today. I think you'll get some value from this. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, a teacher, it's not for me. Maybe it's too expensive or it's just too annoying. I'm too shy. But I'm going to try and talk about why that's not true or why why it might not be true today. By the way, I have been getting some nice audio messages recently. So thank you to everyone who's been leaving them. If you want to leave a message for me, you can go to levelupenglish.school slash podcast and there should be a kind of a widget at the bottom where you can record your own voice message and you can ask a question. And if it's a good question, I will put it on the podcast in the future and answer your question here. So I'd really like to get some more of them. That would be fun. Another kind of a shout out or maybe more of a more of an advert for myself really um i've been doing a lot on youtube recently so if you like uh spending time on youtube feel free to check out my channel i sometimes post the podcast episodes like the video versions over there and some other videos as well um i've been going outside a lot recently recording some outside english lessons so if you want to kind of learn a bit more off the podcast then you can check out my channel which is just called English with Michael very simple but okay so let's get into this topic and i'm going to go through the topic and then end with some podcast reviews and a quote for some inspiration so first of all i want to talk about what qualities a good teacher has so this is just my opinion on how you know when you found a good online teacher So one of the most important I think and it's just someone who has good chemistry with you. If you say you have good chemistry, that means you kind of have a good relationship, you really enjoy talking to them, it's not awkward and you feel very comfortable. Another expression for this, we could say you click. Like that. So you click just means like a very instant and quick connection with someone. So if you have some lessons with someone and it's a little bit awkward, you feel a bit uncomfortable, maybe it's not right for you. So it's important to know that everyone, of course, 
has a different personality and you need to find a teacher who makes you feel relaxed and who you can get on with and talk to quite easily. Even if for some reason you like me, you know, you like my podcast or you like my voice or accent or whatever, I may not be the best teacher for you. Maybe we're just not similar and we wouldn't be kind of a good teacher-student relationship, you know? So I always say finding a teacher is almost like finding a friend. You have to kind of have that good connection. It can just be anyone. And that was cannot, by the way, in my strange accent. Can't. Cannot. But yeah, I think this is something important because I had quite a few teachers in the past and I think they were very good, but we just didn't click. It didn't feel comfortable and they didn't really motivate me as well. So if you do have a bad lesson, a bad teacher, don't feel discouraged. Try again and you will find someone perfect in the end. I also think it is important for someone to be flexible as well. This is a really kind of, what is a pet peeve of mine? A pet peeve is something that kind of annoys you. And this is when you join a lesson and the teacher already has like a really fixed idea of what they want to do with you in the lesson plan. Maybe they want to go through a, a textbook or something and they, they don't take your, uh, your, your situation or your opinion into consideration. And that is a bit annoying for me because I, I don't think that's the sign of a good teacher in my opinion, just my opinion again, not necessarily a fact, but I think it's very good to be flexible and adapt to the student's needs. So if the student just wants more conversation, you know, of course the teacher should adapt to that and try to give that, and they shouldn't have this kind of set idea. So if you have a trial lesson with a teacher, that's your first lesson, and the teacher is kind of talking about all the things that they do in their lesson, and they're not asking you for your opinion, that's a red flag for me. So a red flag is like a sign of danger. Maybe it's not a good idea to continue. But yeah, again, if, if anyone disagrees with me, let me know. I'm always open to hear other opinions. I'm not saying this is, um, this is a fact, you know, but this is what I strongly believe at the moment. The next one is someone who knows your struggles. So a good teacher, I think, will know what you're going through. And this is because maybe they're a language learner too. Again, it's not necessary, perhaps, but I really think it can be really beneficial if the teacher has experience learning a language. They know how difficult it is to study and to feel like they're not good enough and to make mistakes so they can empathize with the student's situation. And if I wasn't a language learner, I don't know how I could give any good lessons. I feel like I, I just wouldn't understand what my students are going through. So I think that's really important if you're using italki or private website, have a look and see, are they learning other languages? Do they speak another language? You know, I'm sure there are many good teachers who only speak one language, but I think that is a good sign as well. That's something that I look for. Kind of going on from the first point, it's quite similar. Uh, the next one is someone who makes you feel comfortable. 
you sit in the lesson, you feel comfortable, you can relax, and you feel happy to make mistakes and learn from them. So sometimes it's not really possible to know why, but you just get like a vibe, which means like a feeling from someone. And it may be a bit awkward to make mistakes, like you feel like they're not going to be happy with you or in a really bad case, maybe they're going to get mad at you. That's the feeling you get. So you want to be with someone who really makes you feel comfortable and you can make as many mistakes as you want and they won't make you feel bad about it. I think that is an obvious one that we should be looking for. One other little thing that I think is yeah, is quite important, this is having a good memory. So it's remembering what you say from lesson to lesson. And I try my best to do this. I've got terrible memory, but I try my best in my lessons. But an example of this could be, you know, you have a lesson with your with your teacher online and they say, hey, I remembered it's your birthday today. Happy birthday. And maybe you told them a few weeks before. So obviously it's very nice that they remembered that. And in a more practical sense, they might remember the mistakes you made before. Or they might say, hey, I remember this grammar is always very difficult for you. So maybe we could practice that today. So they're not kind of forgetting everything that happened in a previous lesson. I think that's a good thing as well. Um, motivating, I mentioned earlier, a teacher who motivates you. Um, again, this could be for many reasons, many ways to do this. But if you find a teacher who for some reason, you just feel motivated to learn. Maybe they're giving you good topics about the culture. Maybe they're even sending you music videos and cool websites outside of the lesson. Stuff like that is really good to motivate you to keep studying. So I think a good teacher can do that. Maybe not necessary, but that's a nice thing. The final point is maybe more personal preference. But for me, this is to be good with technology. I try my best to be like this. I try my best to get kind of comfortable using different software and different features on the software, like screen sharing and that kind of stuff. But this is a nice thing when people can make the most of existing technology. One example that I often use in my lessons, I, I love to use Google Drive. So Google is such a great a tool for online online learning, online lessons. And one thing I use it for is giving homework. So I might put some homework in a Google folder and send it over. I think that's very useful. Another thing I will do is use a Google document and we can do some writing corrections together in the lesson or other activities. And it's just much, much easier than sharing the screen or even just talking about it. So sometimes having a good knowledge of good knowledge with technology can really aid uh, in the lesson. It can make it a lot easier. Okay, well that's my list anyway on good qualities a teacher should have and what you should be looking for. If there's anything you think I missed, which I'm sure there is, let me know. Maybe I could add to this list as well. Okay, and this is good timing. I think we're about halfway through. Now we can talk about how to find a good teacher. I'm going to talk about how to find a good teacher and then I'm going to talk about what happens in my online classes. So 
one thing to note, in my experience, you know, teachers usually will have an introduction video, uh, whether it's on their website or on italki or wherever you're looking, and it will just be kind of talking about their experience and what their lessons are like. In my experience, these introduction videos are not always a good representation of how a person is. And they do give you a rough idea, approximate idea. But sometimes I found that the teacher is actually very different from the video, usually in a good way. Because when you're recording yourself, most people are a bit shy. It's quite difficult to talk to a camera or your webcam. So in real life, you know, on the video call, they might be a bit better. That's my experience anyway. But I do think it's still important to judge, in a nice way, judge people from their video a little bit. So personally, I like to find people who are smiling and seem comfortable. If you can, if the teacher has like a really straight face, they look a bit grumpy, that's not something that will interest me personally. I want to kind of find a friendly person to help me learn. Another one is, again, it's a pet peeve. It's not a big deal for most people, but whiteboards are a no-no from me. <laughs> so if a teacher is using like a whiteboard, a physical whiteboard in their video, I'll probably avoid them. And again, it's very personal, but to me, it kind of suggests that they're not comfortable with new technology. And it's kind of a traditional classroom technique, you know, using a whiteboard, something like that. And I think there's much more convenient ways to do it these days like than a whiteboard. You know, you could even just use a PowerPoint document and write on the screen. Something like that, I think, is better. Um, another thing is experience. So you'll probably see an, an area where you can look at the teacher's degrees or experience with teaching. And I would say experience doesn't always equate to a good lesson, doesn't always equal a good lesson. Sometimes it does, and you'll find with experience, people are more confident, definitely. But really, when I look for a, a tutor online in my languages, I often prefer teachers who don't have much teaching experience. And this is because they have nothing to prove. So again, it's just my limited experience, but sometimes when I find a teacher who has all these fancy degrees and they've kind of worked in a school before. They kind of want to show you that, you know, they want to show you like, this is what you're paying for. They're trying very, very hard to prove to you how good they are. So they might kind of show you all these grammar books and all these things that they're trying too hard. And I like to, I like to keep things simple in my, in my, uh, in my learning classes anyway. So I find that teachers without much experience will be much happier to have like a conversation and they don't want to kind of shove all this grammar down your throat. <laughs> but it depends what you're looking for, right? That's just me again. Okay, so now I can tell you a little bit about what happens in an online class based on my classes. So all teachers are different. That's one thing to understand no two online classes will be the same. So if you don't like one, feel free to shop around. You know, you don't have to stay committed to someone if it's not working for you. Um, another thing is 
I think a good teacher will adapt to your needs. So this is something that I try to do as much as I can. I will make lots of notes about each learner. And so that helps me adapt to their learning needs. So of course, if a student is studying for travel or they want to make friends, the lessons will be very different than if a student is looking to get a promotion in their work or maybe to, to move to another country. So there's very different needs and I think that should shape the lesson plan. My lessons, I try to keep things simple and I will split it into two. Firstly, conversation classes, then study classes. And in addition to that, I will do more specific classes like exam practice, job interview practice, stuff like that. But the main two are study and conversation. So the conversation classes can be, you know, they, sometimes they range from being quite complex and including lots of vocabulary and pronunciation activities. Sometimes it's just free conversation, free talk, where we'll talk about a topic, something fun, something interesting. I'll do my best to provide new vocabulary along the way. And I think, again, this is another thing a good teacher will do. They'll correct your English, but in a nice way. They won't kind of say, hey, that's wrong. They might use different techniques to correct your English, such as maybe asking you. This is something I often like to do rather than saying, no, you should say this. I will say, I will repeat the sentence back to them exactly how they said it. So if a student says to me, yesterday I have been going to school, I will say, yesterday I have been going, with a question intonation at the end. And from that sentence, usually the learner will see, oh, maybe there's a problem there. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yesterday I went to school. Yeah, and I go, yeah, good job, good job. <laughs> so I think self-correction is much more powerful than just me correcting all the time. It's a you know, good way to remember. And it shows that the learner does actually know. It's just speaking is harder to remember. So that's one thing I try to do. And yeah, in the study classes, I will often focus on more specific areas. Like you know, I might do like reading. Sometimes I write a little story that's kind of relevant to the student. It might be about their hobby or it might include some uh, you know, pronunciation that is difficult for them. And then we'll kind of study that together and then have a talk about it at the end. Many teachers don't do this, but one thing I like to do to give a bit more value is send a review file at the end too. So everything we learned, I'll try to write it in like a PDF document and send it at the end so the student can review as well. And homework as well. If the student wants, I can also send homework. So that's what I do in my classes. That's a very brief overview. And I hope that kind of gives you an idea of what you can expect. And yeah, hopefully you understand that it can be whatever you want. You know, most teachers can be flexible to your needs to some degree. The final part I thought we could talk about, you know, maybe I should have done this at the beginning, but well, hopefully you're still listening anyway. <laughs> Common problems or maybe common excuses why you don't want to take an online class. Some 
people might just have reasons like, I just don't want to. And I can't argue with that. If you don't want to, that's fine. You know, you don't have to. <laughs> but there are some excuses which I think are not good excuses. And I know this because these are all ones that I've had in the past. So the first excuse I had uh, when I was first starting my language learning journey was I'm too shy. I'm too shy to have online classes. And I do have a whole episode on being shy um, from like a year ago on the podcast. So go back in the archives, listen to that if you are shy. But I used to be very, very shy. I couldn't talk to anyone on the phone. But my advice is, if you don't try, you will always be shy. You know, being an introvert is not a problem, of course. Being shy can be a problem because it kind of stops you from living your best life. This is my experience anyway. So try to take baby steps outside your comfort zone. And my advice is always talk to a tutor beforehand, tell them that you're very shy, ask them, can we just talk for 15 minutes, five minutes even? So this is just dipping your toe in the water, which means you're having like a tiny bit of experience just to see what it's like, gradually get comfortable with them, and you know you're not stuck there for, you know, one hour. That would be a bit scary. So, yeah, take baby steps, overcome that problem. And yeah, just remember, I used to be the shyest person ever. Even um, even just seven years ago, not so long ago, I couldn't talk to anyone on the phone. I couldn't even call up the dentist. I couldn't really call my friends. I could never talk to a stranger. I couldn't do any of that. You know, I remember once in, I did a presentation in school, my class only had six people in the class, but I was shaking so much that the, t the teacher asked me to stop because she could see that I was so scared. So if I can do it, I think anyone can do it. So if you are shy, don't worry, have faith that you can overcome that. The next excuse that I had, which many people probably have as well, is it's expensive. And this can be true. Lessons can be expensive. One point I would make to this is if you do have the money and you're just not happy to spend it, think about your goals. You know, why are you learning English? What's your outcome? If it's like a really good one, like you want to get a new job, you want to immigrate to another country, you could say it's worth the money, right? It's worth spending that money because it's going to make your life so much better, hopefully. But of course, many people will say it's expensive and I literally do not have the money. And I completely sympathize with this. I know, you know, most English teachers will be from fairly rich countries like the UK, USA, for example. And many learners will be from countries that don't have as much money. And you can't really afford those prices. It's kind of very unfair part of uh, the world we live in, I suppose. One advice for this is if you really can't afford an online lesson, head over to italki or something like that. Look for teachers in living in cheap countries. So, you know, if you really want a free class, you could just look for a language partner, which I spoke about before. But if you want a teacher and you want to kind of get more practice, more value, find teachers in cheap countries. I think Thailand is a good one because there's many, many 
uh, English speakers living in Thailand. And you know, some people will still have high prices, but because the cost of living in Thailand is so cheap compared to the UK anyway, many English teachers will have low prices there. So that is a good idea. Um, you know, look for people living in a country where you can afford the price and they can still make a living from it. Okay, and the last point, because I'm going a bit over time, is I have no time or it's not necessary. I just don't need to. And I've had this excuse before as well. I would say to this one, if it's important for you, you will make the time or you can make the time. You know, we all have the same amount of time in the day. And if it's a priority for you, I think it's good to find the time. Maybe take some time away from something else and add some time for a little bit of a lesson every day or every week. If you think it's not necessary, well, maybe you're right. But again, think about your goals. If you want to really level up your English, make big, big progress, then I would say it is necessary because it's going to save you so much time and it's really hard to improve if you're not having regular practice talking, getting your mistakes corrected, all this kind of stuff. So it's a simple um, simple answer, I suppose. But let me know what you think. What do you think about my opinions here today? And I'll end the main topic there. I've gone a little bit over time. So I'm going to get right into the podcast reviews now. I've got three today. And the first one is from M7 Capone, or maybe Capone. And this person's from Saudi Arabia, and they said, you are the best teacher. Thank you so much from Yemen. Oh, from Yemen. Okay, not Saudi Arabia. From Yemen. Okay, thank you very much. That's maybe my first review from Yemen, perhaps. Either way, thank you so much. The next one is from Daya M91. And they said, it is absolutely helpful. It has a clear British accent and amusing content. The best English podcast I've ever heard. Hope the host, maybe I wish the host, peace and success. That's very kind. The last review is from Dharmendra in India. I think this is my first Indian review as well. So Dharmendra actually left an audio message a few podcasts ago. So thank you very much to him for his support. And he said, I have been teaching English for more than two decades. I must say that this podcast is enormously helpful to me. That's so cool. I'm really happy to hear that I could even help English teachers, or experienced English teachers as well. So thank you so much to all of the reviews uh, that you guys leave on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. So to end today, to end this slightly longer episode today, I'm going to give you one, hopefully, inspirational quote from my Level Up English Instagram page, which is Level Dot Up English. <laughs> so this is from Marvin Minsky. And he said, you don't understand anything until you learn it more than one way. So have a think about that, how it can relate to your learning journey. But for now, I'm going to leave you. So thank you very much for listening. Have a great week and see you in the next episode. Goodbye.
you have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.